Can we change the way we produce food to both meet the needs of humans whilst regenerating our soils and ecosystems? And can we do so in a way that improves the financial viability of farms? These questions are becoming increasingly urgent to answer, and we're here to investigate a promising technique called agroforestry in order to find out how it can help us with these challenges. We'll be interviewing farmers, scientists, and other experts to share with you their experiences, practical advice, and scientific research. Hello, and welcome to the Regenerative Agroforestry Podcast. I'm your host, Dimitri, and today we have the immense pleasure of welcoming Jean-Baptiste Cordonnier on the podcast to talk about something we've been meaning to discuss for a long time, and that is Viti Forestry. So Jean-Baptiste is the owner and manager of Chateau Antonique that produces fantastic wine. And as the name suggests, it's Vitiforestry means the integration of agroforestry practices in viticulture. Jean-Baptiste has a fascinating story alongside Chateau Antonique that he's been managing for the past 20 years in an active agroforestry transition for the past five years. So once again, we are here sitting down with a farmer, a, a, a land manager that is giving us some feedback as to the successes and the challenges around bringing trees into the landscape and diversifying his operation, diversifying his ecosystem, especially in the context of a very intensive production system, which is viticulture. So in this episode, you're going to be hearing a lot about hedges. You're going to, we're going to be talking about planting trees inside the plots of uh, inside the vineyard, as well as the integration of cover crops and how all of these three play together to form an agroecological system. So we really hope that you enjoy this episode as much as we did. Hello, Jean-Baptiste. It's really, really nice to have you on the show today. Hello, Dimitri. Thank you for receiving me. So you are our first guest on the podcast to talk about Viti Forestry, which is the integration of trees into um, um, a wine or um, a chateau, a wine producing context. So yeah, maybe we could start by, by you telling us a bit of the story of where you work at the moment of Chateau Antonique and, and how you came about uh, managing Chateau Antonique and its vineyards and giving us a bit of context about your story and, and the amazing story of your chateau. So Chateau Antonique is a family estate uh, that my father bought in 1977, uh, so uh, almost uh, 50 years ago. And um, I've, uh, I took over the, the estate uh, in, uh, in 93, uh, June 93. So it's, uh, uh, it's my 30th vintage this year. And um, I've, uh, when I've uh, started to manage the estate, um, it was after a long period of uh, seven years, um, living uh, very far from the estate because uh, I've left my uh, uh, the, the, the estate in uh, 1986 for my student period. Uh, I've, I've spent that period in Belgium uh, where I was born. Uh, to, uh, I was a student in uh, agriculture, agronomy, uh, engineering in uh, Jean Blou. And I've made the, the water and forestry school in, uh, as uh, uh, 
specialty at the, the end of my uh, student period. And, um, and then I spent two years uh, in Central Africa, in Congo, uh, for technical cooperation. Uh, and uh, so it was a long period of seven years, almost uh, not visiting the estate. And it was uh, a long haul. Um, uh, and during the, that whole, my, my father had to face uh, some uh, very difficult vintages. Uh, the, the, the worst one was uh, 87 vintage with a lot of rain from the beginning to the end of the, the season. And um, so he, he, he was uh, technically uh, in uh, organic agriculture. Uh, but without certification, and he switched that year uh, to to chemical products uh, and to herbicides uh, on the soil uh, from one year to the other. And uh, so I spent my my childhood uh, uh, running uh, through the, the ditches, uh, following the the, uh, the, the parcels. Uh, visiting all the biodiversity uh, inside our uh, environment, and it was uh, I was very curious and passionate about uh, wildlife, and um, um, so it was a very rich environment because it was preserved uh, with no chemicals, and um, I had that long haul of uh, seven years. And when I was back from Africa, uh, when my father asked me to uh, to take over. Uh, it was um, quite shocking because all that biodiversity uh, had uh, almost completely disappeared. Uh, the the uh, insect populations were very poor. Uh, uh, the orchids that were quite abundant uh, close to the parcels or inside the vineyard uh, were uh, only reduced to, to small uh, Spl uh, splot spots, uh, and uh, it was um, uh, it was quite shocking to to see that, and um, so that was uh, my start point at the estate. And uh, but I also was um, uh, quite modern agronomist, uh, fresh from school, and convinced that a compromise uh, was possible uh, uh, between. Uh, all that chemistry and uh, uh, environment preservation. And I've tested a lot of uh, dead ends uh, during uh, the, the, the next uh, uh, two decades. Um, and um, I've ex experienced that it was uh, following the, 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 my, my opinion after uh, almost two decades that it, it was not possible to come back to a balanced system without uh, cutting the link with chemistry first and without reintroducing uh, wildlife corridors and, uh, and cover crops and trees inside the system. Uh, that was the only answer uh, to, to come back to a balanced uh, ecosystem in, 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 my, in my vineyard. So that, that was the, the beginning of the story uh, of agroforestry in Antonique. But how um, I'm curious as to what were... Um, those dead ends that you met, maybe you could tell us a bit more about how you arrived to the conclusion that you needed to break the link with chemistry. Yeah, so it was a long, very long process. Uh, the, the first thing I've, I've seen is that uh, I've made soil analysis uh, the, the, the two first years of my uh, 
uh, a new life in Antonique as the manager of the estate. Um, and uh, I was quite surprised to receive the, the lab's result with um, uh, organic percentage of the soil uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, at uh, an average of um, 2%, something like that, 1.8 1, 1 to, to a bit more than 2%, uh, and always with the same comment, uh, standard, normal, uh, good. Uh, so, and I had in my hands the first analysis uh, uh, that uh, were made when my father bought the estate, and all these parcels they had that time five, six person, sometimes more, uh, sometimes a bit less, but at least it was at four percent uh, average, uh, five, and uh, so it was a strong decreasing, and I was quite surprised to receive the message: it's normal. Uh, without uh, uh, any thought about the past of the parcel, uh, no question about that. Uh, and uh, so I've tried to recover. So my uh, um, my opinion was, uh, my feeling was that uh, it was we were on a, on a slope, and it was decreasing quite fast. Uh, so, uh, because uh, the, the, the first analysis w were made maybe uh, a decade or max 15 years ago, so the, the, it, it was a short period. Uh, and so, my, my feeling that, that uh, we were on a very bad slope, and um, so I've tried things like um, uh, crushing the, the, the branches of the um, uh, the vines were after the pruning uh, because that time they were burned outside the parcel that was the, the, the common pr practice and so after one year I've bought a machine to, to crush the branches and I was feeling that okay we will solve the problem with that no results uh, um, so we have started some uh, some cover crops uh, with the natural uh, grass uh, that was present uh, on the parcel and on some parcel that was quite uh, productive, uh, but it was only two parcels. We have uh, um, uh, seeded uh, some uh, uh, some uh, artificial grass uh, to 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 make competition with the the, the vineyard to decrease the uh, uh, the, the, the production. Uh, but the, the, the most of the the cover crop was natural uh, grass. Uh, with no competition with with the vineyard, and uh, so I, my my intuition was that it was possible to 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 add some organic materials to the soil with the branches, with the the cover crop, the natural cover crop, and the results was uh, was uh, quite low, uh, almost no change. So it was possible to to stay at that uh, low level but not to recover the, the, the old percentages. Uh, and so after uh, years and years like that, I've increased the, the, the addition of uh, uh, manure, uh, the addition of uh, organic uh, fertilizers. And so it was not possible to, to, to climb the slope uh, back. Uh, and uh, so after... Uh, 
some a lot of experiences like that. I've uh, uh, my feeling was that it it was maybe uh, a good uh, the, the, maybe the good question was to ask: uh, Is uh, the conventional system uh, good for for the life of of my soil? Uh, and uh, so I started to think about organic uh, viticulture that that time. But it was quite risky with our climate, uh, and so I first uh, started to to plant some some edges. Um, that was the first step uh, in. Uh, uh, in 2010, uh, and then I've made some experiences with the, the branches of the, the hedges, uh, uh, with the, the, the life of the, the soil that was uh, uh, visibly better close to the edges, uh, and then I've step by step we we, we have developed the, the the project, and and we have ch also changed the, the cover crop by seeding some. Uh, uh, dynamic cover crops uh, on on the parcel to to feed the soil. So, but it was a very very long process. And so you, you started seeing results when you stopped applying um, chemistry. Then you started seeing that was it was it the stopping applying chemistry that started to create results, or was it uh, overall you realized that you had to invest a lot more? My first step was to plant to to install the hedges. That was the first step. And uh, and then I've uh, some results on the biodiversity were visible quite fast. The agronomic results uh, are on a long term, uh, but the um, the wildlife, the biodiversity results are coming quite fast when you plant edges. Uh, the first thing I've uh, seen for the uh, uh, I've discovered for the agronomic impact was um, with the the frost we had in 2017 because uh, the only merlot I've produced uh, that uh, that vintage were produced quite uh, close to the edges. Uh, they were protected by the edges. That, that uh, varietal is very fragile facing uh, the, the, the spring frost. And uh, we had some protection uh, close to the edges. Uh, we also had some um, impact uh, facing the drought uh, on, on the parcels. Uh, uh, when, you, when we had a drought uh, in the old time, it was more impacting... Uh, on the, the the limit of the parcel uh, than inside the parcel, but with the hedges, um, the impact of the drought on the side of the parcel was much lower uh, because they had the protection of the hedge, and uh, so um, it was also visible that we had a lot of fungi that were growing uh, at the base of the the hedge. And my, my idea was that they were may, maybe uh, also protecting uh, and making some uh, mycorrhizis, not only with the, the edges, with the, the trees in, inside the edges, but also with the vines. Um, and uh, the, uh, the consultants uh, I was working with uh, for, for the edges, 
uh, told me that it, it was they were sure that we we could have some some impacts uh, uh, close to, to, to on the, the the lines uh, at the limit of the parcels and uh, so then I started to think about introducing trees inside the parcel and to feed the soil to with some cover crop dynamic cover crop uh, to to feed the soil and to to encourage uh, the development of uh, fungi uh, everywhere in the parcel not only at the limit of the parcel so the first step was the edge the second the cover crop and the third one the trees inside the parcel so I'm curious about the consultants you're working with because you know one of the it's clear, it's quite obvious that planting hedges is kind of goes against the, the, the logic of modern agriculture that we've been developing since the 60s. And so the natural response or the natural kind of opinion that I would expect to see in, in consultants that are following a traditional agriculture would be competition. Yeah, but it was not, uh, it was not my analogist. It was not an agronomist. Um, the first uh, consultant I've met uh, uh, and the one I've started the, the edges with um, was uh, an association, uh, Arbre Paysage, uh, so uh, tr uh, trees and landscapes. Uh, and they, they encourage, uh, they visit agriculturists and they, they talk with them and they encourage them to reinstall uh, hedges at the limit of the par their parcels. And so they, they have met my technical director. Uh, uh, at a meeting somewhere, and uh, they talked about um, uh, about the, the, the their business, and uh, and uh, Jean Bernard told me, oh, I've met some nice people. Uh, they uh, they help uh, agricultures, viticultures to to plant hedges. Uh, are you interested in, in that, uh, making a test? I know that you like wildlife, birds, uh, and maybe it could be a good opportunity to reintroduce birds uh, inside the parcels. Uh, the, the 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 first idea was there, visible. Biodiversity, not invisible uh, biodiversity with the, the mycorrhizas. And um, so we have started like that, uh, planting uh, in 2011 uh, 100 meters of, uh, of edge with a, a, a quite fast result on visible biodiversity. The, the first year, because uh, we, we had the, uh, a few months later, uh, baby snakes, baby gut uh, snakes that were uh, uh, coming uh, under the, the mulch, uh, protecting the, the roots of the of the edges. So, the first result, quite happy, uh, quite uh, encouraging us, was that one. So, we were not thinking about agronomy at the base, but uh, some decisions to have more biodiversity and wildlife corridors inside. Uh, the the estate and uh, it was like uh, opening a, a door on a new world and then through them I've met some agronomists like Conrad Schreiber, uh, Schreiber that were talking about uh, cover crop uh, and not only green manure it's not exactly the same thing uh, and um, so step by step we, we, we have developed the, the system but uh, and at the same time, I was uh, living a, a sort of quite uh, coming back to my 
to my old diplomas of uh, water and forestry that I had forgotten uh, during my uh, uh, viticulture life. Very interesting. And also, I, I really enjoyed when we had the pre-call together, you explaining to me that as, as, a, as a young child, you were, going, you were passionate about, about the biodiversity and, and the insects and the birds and the snakes, and you would go around and, and you had actually seen in your lifetime the decline in those species that's with the hedges and with your work at the moment, you're seeing them come back, but you're very attuned to, your, to the landscape you're working in since you grew up here. So you're visibly observing these things year on year. Yeah, yeah, and um, I remember when I started my my diploma in agronomy. The first year, we had to make an insect collection of fifty species, and uh, the same for, with plants, a uh, collection of fifty species, species, um, uh, quite large in the same ecosystem, but with a maximum of families and, and genders, and uh, and. Um, uh, and it was very easy in, in 86 to do that in Antonique uh, in, in, in a few days. And when I was back to the estate uh, seven years later, I tried to do the same, to, uh, to, uh, to find the same species and to make uh, a new collection. And it was almost impossible to do that in a so short time. It was much longer to do the same, and a lot of species were not uh, uh, not present. Uh, they, they had disappeared, uh, or they were at a very low level. And uh, so it was the same for birds and, and things like that, uh, and snakes and, and frogs, and uh, uh, the, 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 the biomass was so low. The, the biodiversity was so low, it was impressive. And, uh, and now we see that it, it, it is coming back very fast and that the, the most important result we, we, uh, we, have, uh, this, uh, we, we have today uh, in agroforestry is that, that biodiversity. And that has almost no cost. For the agronomic results, it's something longer. Uh, and we will... Uh, uh, we are only at the beginning of our experience. Okay, so now we can, we'll just drop our mics. Everybody's understood the message. We just need to go out and plant hedges because with the experience that you've just come back to us with, we can transform biodiversity relatively fast with hedges. And this is also something that science is backing up. Uh, you know, there's, we just have to get out there and start planting more trees, really. But of course, that's not what we're going to do. What we're going to do is understand the details of how you've planted them, what species you've used, what spacings, so we can have a bit of an understanding of, of yeah, the practice, the, pra the, the practical um, um, design of those, of those hedges. So I'd love to know more a bit about how many species you've included, what, you've been, what species, why. Maybe you could tell us a bit about the design process. Yeah, yeah. So um, first, we use local species. That's very important. You, you cannot talk about biodiversity if you introduce uh, exotic species uh, in your ecosystem. Um, second, um, you need to make a mix. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a green concrete. Uh, it's, uh, so we, we need uh, diversity and we use something like uh, 18, 20 species uh, in, in the edges at least 
um, some trees and some bush. Um, so the 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 the, the, the dominant species, uh, if uh, if you go to to associations. Uh, uh, or to um, uh, pepinierist, uh, I don't know the word in English. Uh, nursery. Uh, no, to nurseries, um, they will deliver you uh, mostly uh, some uh, uh, some uh, maples, uh, Europe, uh, the, the, the the European maples, and and mostly. Uh, Acer campestris, l'érable champêtre. Um, that's the base. Uh, it's a good base because it's local and uh, it's uh, the natural uh, companion of the, the vineyard, of the vine. Uh, they grew up together in the same ecosystem, uh, the, um, uh, the, the, the narrow forest following the rivers. Uh, so uh, one uh, the tree helping uh, the the vine to to climb uh, with uh, water on, uh, enough in the soil and and light uh, higher in in the canopy, uh, so they they had a coevolution um, and so they were living together. They 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 have some genetics together and they share the same uh, mycorrhizae. So it's. Uh, so the first uh, species uh, you will introduce in vitiforestry in the edge will be uh, uh, obviously uh, the the maples uh, as acacia campestris. Um, but you have a lot of trees that you can also use uh, some elms. Uh, um, le frêne uh, in French. I, I don't know the word in, in English. Uh, uh, le charme. So frêne, uh, frêne. What's the Latin name? Fra Fraxinus. Ah, so ash. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and you. So we we also use uh, the 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 elm. Uh, that is, uh, if if you let a hedge grow. In uh, in Bordeaux uh, on the the limestone clay soils, the elms will come first naturally, because they are everywhere. Uh, they with uh, with the, the graphios, that disease that uh, is affecting the, the elms, and they almost disappeared uh, everywhere in Europe. Um, they they survive at a young stage, like like a bush, and if they are in an edge. Uh, they, they they stay juvenile uh, like juveniles uh, because they they are uh, they are pruned every uh, every year and they stay juvenile and they don't uh, have the the graphios and and they survive like that and they are quite abundant if you let the uh, hedge uh, grow uh, in Chateau Antonique you will have alms at eighty percent uh, uh, elms. Uh, uh, that is that the, the yes, correct name in English? Elms. Mm -hmm. the, the, they will be dominant. Uh, we we also use um, wild roses uh, because uh, they also make uh, uh, good mycorrhizae and a lot of uh, some uh, fruit, uh, wild fruit uh, trees, uh, uh, wild prunes, uh, some uh, epinoir. I, I don't know the the the, the names in in English, uh, but. We, we have a mix of 20 species, trees, 
but trees from uh, mostly trees from open landscapes uh, and uh, and uh, some uh, very small trees bushes that uh, that will uh, make a quite uh, diverse ecosystem. Um, the idea is to make a maximum of mycorrhizas. So with a maximum of species, you, you will host a maximum of uh, uh, fungi. Uh, to host a maximum of birds, so you need to feed them. Uh, a maximum of insects, so you need diversity. Um, so uh, what we need to, to avoid is invaders, <laughs> uh, exotic trees. And, um, and when you have planted some, uh, some hedges... Um, if you want to increase the network, um, you don't need to plant anymore uh, because uh, the the animals will do the job. Uh, uh, the wine will do the job. Uh, they will uh, transport the, the, the seeds. And uh, today, when I plant and uh, replant a parcel where I have no edge, uh, I let... The, the the nature do uh, and I, I don't clean the, the, the limit of the parcel and a hedge will come I only have to prune it uh, that, that's very simple and I see what is coming and then if it's too poor I will take seeds inside the rest of my hedges and I will enrich and these hedges are starting faster because they're not planted, they're seeded and it's much more efficient. But at the beginning, in a poor landscape with only vines uh, for uh, decades or almost a century, a century, uh, you have to start with plantations. Um, so the second rule is um, follow uh, your landscape. Uh, it's, you, you, you don't have to create a new network uh, and to open uh, highways uh, you have to observe uh, uh, your uh, your estate first do I have uh, rivers if I have one the first thing to do is to plant following the river if you have ditches you follow the ditches these are some of uh, sort of uh, lost uh, spaces Apparently, because they are lost for agriculture, but uh, but we we need them uh, to extract uh, water by drainage. Uh, uh, if we, you have a river, you have a river. You cannot cultivate the river, um, so you can use these lost, supposed lost uh, spaces, and uh, uh, they will build uh, an, uh, a network. And that will be current because it's already a network. Uh, and uh, so the first years, I've only followed the existing, uh, the existing uh, ditches uh, bordering my, uh, my parcels. And only planting this, I had more than 80% uh, of my network. So the, the, this is... Uh, the, the, the second base uh, and um, the, the third one is not too fast you need to learn so go step by step uh, and if 
you learn quite fast, then you go faster every year and then you're able to plant uh, more than one kilometer in one year if you want, but don't start like that at the beginning. Start small uh, with only a few hundred uh, of meters or only 100 meters like I started and you, you discover how to prune the first edge uh, and then you make your own experience. And uh, uh, when the hedges are becoming strong, they are not becoming strong altogether because then you have to learn how to prune uh, and to make holes inside the, the older edges. Uh, and you don't make uh, the, the same... When you learn, you make mistakes and you don't make the same mistakes on the whole network. So step by step, that's uh, another rule. Very interesting. You're, you're providing some phenomenal feedback here. Uh, I'm just going to ask a few questions to dig a bit deeper on a few elements. Uh, do, you, do you plant a single row or double row? Uh, I've planted single row, but uh, today when I have uh, uh, more space, uh, I... Uh, uh, I think that I will try to plant double row because I, I think that for biodiversity, a larger hedge is much more in, impacting and faster impacting. But when when you visit my hedges, the oldest one, they, they are now 10 years old, uh, they become larger. Uh, that, that's the natural way they expand. Uh, and so it's the way you prune them that will limit them, yeah, only that. And uh, the second thing is about the, the ditches. I've started to plant both sides of the ditches. Uh, planting a hedge on one side and um, uh, planting some salix uh, on the other side. You, you take a branch like that, you, you, you leave it in the soil and it's making roots. It's very, very easy to do. Uh, and if you miss it one year, uh, so maybe uh, uh, one third will die. It's nothing. You replant the next winter, uh, and they, they, they will survive the, the next year. Uh, and I try to cover my ditch with uh, 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 a closed, a closed canopy that is protecting my uh, uh, my ditch or, or my river uh, uh, with uh, um, from from the sun, and then. Uh, the idea is to avoid to have uh, to 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 come with a machine inside the ditch to clean it because with no light you will have no grass growing inside uh, the ditch and and this is a fantastic uh, closing canopy that is uh, starting to 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 build in the first uh, ditches i've i've planted uh, both sides um, and i think that for biodiversity it's very interesting and for the cost to, to manage that is, uh, I believe, the same than, uh, than the, the, the standard because we, you don't come with a machine inside the ditch. You only have to prune uh, the hedge and it's the same job. Very interesting. And coming back to the early phases of the establishment of the hedge, how, how did you manage the planting? Are you planting mechanically? Or are you planting with, um, with, with humans? How are you using, um, let's say, volunteer f uh, people for this, uh, like open days? How are you organizing planting um, the, the hedge at the start? So we, we work a lot with uh, Arbre Paysage. So they come with a team and they, you 
pay them the service. Uh, that's one way. Um, as I told you, uh, most of my hedges today, I don't plant them. They, they are natural and then we enrich uh, and we, I, I do that myself. Uh, so enriching, I don't need a team to, to do that. Um, and my workers, they, they, know, uh, they know the job now. Uh, and I also plant some some trees with uh, les vignerons du vivant. When when they come, uh, it's a school we have founded with some uh, other estates in uh, in Medoc and with les apprentis d'Auteuil. And, and sometimes we we have uh, students that are coming and uh, they they make uh, one or two days of experimenting the, the how to to plant a hedge and uh, so. If we have to install a hedge and if it's the week uh, they, they, they need to make that, that experience, they, they can come uh, to my estate or to another one and to help. So we have several ways, but mostly by Arbre Paysage. In terms of the weed management at the start, what's, your, what's been your, your learning experience there? What's, your, what's the process? So uh, first, uh, we, we make mulch. Uh, that's uh, I, I did not talk about the, the mulch uh, for for the edges and for the trees. It's uh, the same when you plant a hedge or a tree. They need a mulch. All the mistakes I've made, all the the trees I've lost, it was always the same reason: no mulch or not enough. So that's that's important because we have we never have the time uh, to give them uh, water. Uh, we, when we have to give water to them, we are occupied to give to give water to the the, the baby vines, and uh, so uh, when it's a line inside the, the parcel, we we can we can give water to the trees, but uh, not to all the edges. It's not possible. So uh, the uh, the mulch is very very important. It's a basic, um, and uh, so management of the trees. Um, at the beginning, we do nothing. My, my first, um, when I started with my two first edges, I was quite anxious about uh, the fight and the competition because it was, as you told me, um, for the, the agronomists, the consultants, uh, all the analogists, and my colleagues, they were, they were all talking about, you plant hedges, uh, it will make a competition for minerals, for water, uh, and for light with your, your vines. And so, with that pressure, I was uh, uh, self-limiting my experience. And the two first years, I've uh, shortened my hedges at the height of the vine. And that was not good. Today... I don't do that because uh, you damage them uh, quite quite low. Uh, so now I let them grow and I prune them when they are higher than me. Um, the trees inside the uh, the the hedges, uh, I I try to to prune the the low branches on the first thirty five percent of the tree. And then I let the, the, the canopy complete. And when they grow up, then I, I cut a new uh, verticillus of branches and, uh, uh, and that's it. It's quite limited. Uh, the only decision you have to make when you plant a hedge is uh, from place to place, you let 
uh, a tree grow higher than the edge and you choose if you have place enough to, uh, to leave it uh, in free growing or if you prune it uh, like, um, uh, like um, oh, uh, tetar in French. Um, uh, like, uh, like a pollard. Like a pollard, yes, that's a good word. Uh, so that, that's the only question. Uh, let him free or prune it like a pollard. Uh, if you have no place, if you risk a competition for your machines, for, uh, for the light, uh, for, for, uh, uh, if you, you want to limit the tree, you prune it like a pollard and you, are, you, you will uh, 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 give him stronger roots uh, and you will open holes for more biodiversity and uh, for, for, for birds and, and, and for, uh, for bats and, and for insects and for frogs, uh, uh, climbing frogs. So it's, uh, it's good. That's the, 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 the two questions you, you will ask for, uh, for the trees. And for the bush, uh, some of them, um, we, we prune them very short at the base when they are basitonic. Uh, if you if you cut them at the base, they will make a lot of new branches, uh, starting from the base. Uh, so, um, uh, le, le, le noisetier se comporte comme ça. The hazelnut. Uh, so, so. Yeah, the hazelnut is living like that. And uh, with the hazelnut, you can do that. You prune uh, you prune it completely at the base. You only keep one branch, uh, and you have a hole in in your hedge. And the hole is closing in one year okay. because they restart quite fast. That type of uh, small trees, you can prune them like that. And we manage the edge when it's uh, uh, at uh, the low limit of the parcel. And if we are uh, facing some spring frost and we need to, to make openings uh, to, to let the, the, the cold uh, air uh, go through the parcel, we open holes inside uh, on key places inside the hedge uh, like that. So, but it's not uh, a lot of work. Interesting. And so th this, this pruning, how often on, on, a, on a, a, a line of hedge, how often do you prune? Is it every year or every three years? Yeah, that, the, that one I started to do it in, in the first hedges after seven years, six years, something like that, depending of the, 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 the strength of the the, the starting uh, of the edge, so uh, it depends. But it's not not very early. And the, the general pruning of the of the hedge, because we have to do that to limit uh, uh, the 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 widths and the heights of the the, the edge. Um, you have to do that every every two years, every year, depending of the the. the if it's very vigorous, uh, very strong, uh, you have to do that every year. But uh, in some parcels, uh, in some hedges, it's only every two years. Yeah. And um, are you, you can't really do that mechanically because if you do that mechanically, you will be cutting some of the long trees that you've decided to leave in the hedge, right? How do you, how do you, what's the, how do, you do it uh, quite efficiently? Because you now have four kilometers of hedges, if I understood well. So what what I do the I have um, I work with a small uh, 
independent company that is uh, cleaning my ditches and so they have all the, uh, the, the machines uh, you need for that and they can uh, prune, uh, control a hedge with that. So I make a color. Uh, I use a color on the, uh, on the trees I want to keep. And I tell them when you cut a hedge, when you see the color on a tree, you stop. You don't cut it. You can, and, and then I, 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 I give them the instruction, you limit the hedge at that large and that high. And when you see the color, don't cut. So, uh, if you talk with them, and if you are very clear, they can do that. But uh, I only do that on the edges that are limiting a ditch that they are cleaning. But for all the other edges, when I have no space enough to come with a tractor between the edge uh, and, uh, uh, and the vine, and, and if I have no trail limiting uh, on the other side uh, the parcel, then I come uh, with a worker, with a, uh, um, only with a small electric uh, uh, hand pruner, and it's it's quite fast. It's very easy, so it's it's not a big problem. It's not taking a lot of time. You're making me think about how close is your hedge from your vineyard? Typically, it's uh, um, it's uh, at least two meters, uh, but I have some. Uh, some uh, edges that are very close. I've made my experience uh, in one parcel. I've planted the, the edge at uh, one meter from, uh, from the last row. Uh, and um, I, I make a um, uh, plaisé in French. So I, I, I will uh, take every uh, plant in the edge. I take a branch, very supple, and I, I make... I make a knot with the next one, uh, so I, I, I make the branch horizontal to the mm. next uh, plant. You bend in, in the, the branch and, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and I do the same with the vine. So some branches of the vine they will grow inside the edge. It's only an experience in one row, just just for fun, uh, because I can harvest uh, the grapes behind the edge because i have a trail there uh, so it's uh, just for fun um, i have another parcel where i have a ditch uh, and uh, uh, no place uh, to to plant the edge on the right side of the of, of the ditch uh, and uh, almost no place on the left side because it's between the ditch and the first line of the edge and I, I've tried to, to, to plant that edge uh, in that uh, very narrow space. So they are at uh, one and the, the edge is at, at one and a half meter uh, from the first row. It's, it's too close. So I have to prune that edge more often on that, that side. That's it. Uh, and um, so I have uh, two or three places uh, like that. But the standard is at least two meters or uh, three or four meters uh, when I have a trail and I want to come with a machine between the, the edge and, uh, and the parcel. Very nice. There's lots of things to break down here and, to, and delve into and we'll get there. I just need to zoom back about 10 minutes when you said that the most important thing to do was to mulch and the biggest mistakes that you made was when you lacked mulch. So 
I can just hear the future listeners of this podcast telling, asking themselves, right, so how much mulch? What type of mulch do you prefer to use? What kind of height and width do you aim for around the, the single line? of hedge that you've planted taking into account here that of course we're talking about the planted hedges and that the new hedges that grow on their own it's another logic it's another this is another type of system so maybe you could give us a bit of feedback as to your experience with mulching hmm. so we were talking only about the edges uh, that is only one uh, of the the tree the, the tree uh, the three basics of agroforestry the two others are the, the, the trees inside the parcels so I plant trees now inside the parcels to have uh, uh, a, a max distance between every vine inside the parcel and uh, another species of tree uh, of uh, 15 meters uh, but um, uh, the, the, the third uh, basic is the cover crop. Uh, you are not uh, building a complete agroforestry project only with the hedges and the trees. If the soil is naked, something is missing because uh, the, the, the branches of the edges that you will crush, the branches of the pruned uh, uh, trees inside the parcel that you will crush and, and send back to the soil, they will not produce a biomass enough to feed the life of the soil. You need the cover crop to do more than 80% of that job. And um, in a needle parcel, it's quite easy to install uh, a cover crop with a mix of cereals, legumes, uh, and, and uh, some uh, mustards and plants like that, and uh, radishes. Uh, so uh, different families that will explore different horizons and that will take different minerals in the soil and, and, uh, and that will all together produce a lot of biomass that you will crush on the soil to make natural mulch when you will destroy it. Um, we were teached, when we were teached about that in uh, agriculture schools, about uh, green menus. You plant a cover crop and uh, you destroy it and you uh, incorporate it to the soil. The other way is to plant a cover crop and to, to, to roll it on the soil, to let it die, uh, and if it's regrowing, to, to come back, to do it again, uh, to make a natural mulch covering the soil and uh, feeding the soil slowly, uh, respecting the complete uh, trophic chain uh, of all the microorganisms that will uh, eat all that uh, um, uh, vegetal biomass and transform it step by step uh, in, in minerals. Um, so, uh, in an adult vineyard, um, it's uh, possible to do that, to make a cover crop uh, with uh, uh, your own mix or with a mix from uh, you can buy complete. Uh, I, I do both. I make my own mix. I also buy some uh, premix like uh, uh, like wolf or things like that. Um, and 
the, the idea is to feed the soil that will feed the vine. Uh, but, uh, and I believe that uh, it's a very interesting way uh, for adult parcels that have their root system complete, installed quite deep, because they will never suffer of the competition because the roots are deep enough uh, and the, the system uh, will, will be balanced. But in a young vine, I've tried to make uh, a, uh, a cover crop uh, the same year I was planting the vine. And that was very difficult. I've made bad experiences with that, uh, almost killing uh, the, the, the baby vineyard uh, in, in one parcel. Uh, because when you have uh, a severe drought, uh, like I had in, in 2019, in the, the, the one and a half hectare I, I, I have planted that year, um, the, the competition between my cover crop and the baby vines was too high uh, and a lot of uh, vines never survived to, to that uh, experience. Uh, and uh, we, ha we had to replace uh, them, most of them uh, the, the next year. Uh, and a lot of seeds were invading uh, the line under the vines, covering the vines, and it was... We, we were uh, suffocated by all the work it was uh, representing. And so now I'm more careful. When I plant a vine, I, make, I don't make a cover crop, I, uh, but I hate naked soils, and I know that I want to avoid that. Uh, I make a green menu. So I choose to plant in autumn, uh, to seed in autumn, and I completely destroy and incorporate my cover crop to the soil in spring before the starting of the new vine. And then I control by cutting it Quite, uh, quite short or by, by uh, letting the natural grass uh, 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 being dominant again and I, I, I control the size with a machine and that's it. But I, I, and I, I work the soil, I plug the soil under the line of vines only, but not uh, um, between the two rows. For the young vines, they need to make their roots with no competition for, uh, for everything. Uh, minerals and uh, and water, mostly water, uh, and you have to avoid the risk to to be suffocated by too much uh, biomass that is covering your plant, and they need light. They they will not survive, so it's too risky. The two three first years, they need to make their uh, their roots, and and then you have to make a compromise. Uh, yes, naked soil is uh, not uh, living enough, uh, but first you plant, uh, the, the, your first aim is to plant the, the, the vineyard. And then uh, you, you will make a compromise. It will be covered in winter, uh, beginning of, of the spring, and not in summer, or very short uh, uh, grass. That's it. And after two or three years, when you have your, your roots, then you can start something different with a real cover crop. And I believe a lot in, in that practice because uh, I, uh, my feeling is that, 
the model uh, where you produce a lot of vineyard, uh, of uh, uh, a lot of biomass that you crush on the soil, covering the soil, is the best copy of the natural uh, um, uh, soil in, in, in a forest system. The, the name agroforestry is not coming from the trees inside the parcels, from the edge following the parcel. A forest is not an edge. The, the name agroforestry, the name of the concept is we try to copy the living soil of a forest, but without a forest covering uh, your parcel. So, and how copying uh, the, 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 the forest soil, you have to, to, to have the starter with the branches of the, the, of the vines, of the, uh, of the edges, of the trees you are pruning, so they will give uh, the, the, the basic uh, lignin, uh, lignin to, to the soil, that is the per, the, the, uh, an excellent uh, humus starter, and you will complete by all the grass you will cultivate uh, all the species you will cultivate in your cover crop. And these will produce most of the biomass with the starter inside. And if you make a good mulch with that, then you will have a good copy of a forestry soil and you will be practicing agroforestry. That's fascinating. That's very interesting. So you're covering the layers above the vine and below the vine in a way. You're right. We, 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 we create different horizons. We, we introduce verticality in the system. Uh, a, um, a conventional uh, agricultural system is very horizontal. Uh, you cultivate potatoes or corn, it's only one lay, <laughs> one level. But when you have hedges, it's a second level. When, when you have the vine, the hedges, the trees, and on covering the soil, the cover crop, you, you will have four different levels. So uh, it's a much more complex ecosystem, and you will uh, uh, completely use the, you will use the whole volume of your ecosystem, and you can produce a lot of things. So in, uh, when I seed my, my parcels, um, we have finished the harvest this morning. Um, what are we doing tomorrow morning? We will work the soils, not deep, only a few centimeters, on all the parcels, and we will seed every parcels. Every two rows we seed. And we plant uh, the, our mixture with, with the three big families, and we will let the cover crop grow the whole autumn. So we, it's, it's still warm in, uh, in October. So it will, uh, and we, will, we, we have water again because the rain is back uh, since uh, last week. So it will grow quite fast and we will have a, a quite strong uh, a cover crop within uh, three or four weeks. If November is uh, quite soft, and that, that's uh, the standard of our Atlantic climate in, in Bordeaux, we will have a song, second uh, month where uh, during the, 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 the whole month of November, the cover crop will continue to grow slower, but it will grow. Then the, the heart of winter, December, uh, January, it will uh, grow slowly and it will restart in February, March. 
March, it will grow quite fast. And when will the vineyard start? In April. So we, we can let it grow, if we are lucky, uh, uh, quite fast. Two months in autumn and two months at, at the end of the winter, beginning of the spring. And when the buds of the vines will open, then we will need, we need to come inside the parcels to make the first treatments against the rot. We will have to work to cut uh, the double branches and uh, the, make the green things and uh, things like that. Uh, the, the, so we will work inside the vineyard. So we and the vineyard will need a lot of water and a lot of minerals for his own grow, uh, growing. And uh, so we need to reduce the competition with the cover crop. So then we crush it on the soil. But if we are lucky, if we are successful, we have behind us four months of, four complete months of growing. And it can be higher than the vineyard that time. And it's a lot of biomass. It's tons of biomass per hectare that you are giving to the soil and that will feed the vineyard. So then you, you, we, we have to make a compromise. Some, sometimes uh, we, we, we will need to feed the grass, the, the cover crop. Uh, you, you will have to, to, to give nutrogen to, so to uh, 20 or 30 uh, uh, points of, uh, of nutrogens to the, um, uh, to the grass to feed it. Uh, because if you don't do that, they will eat uh, the nutrogen that the vines will need. For sure. Okay? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When you destroy your cover crop, uh, all the microorganisms, all the bacteries, uh, that will eat the, the, uh, all the, the, the organic materials you give back to the soils, they will need for their uh, own growth, they will need some nutrogen. They will take it in the soil. So you, you can have a competition with your vine. So you have to feed the vine, uh, to help the vine that time. Uh, so to feed uh, your, your mulch, uh, with nutrogen, uh, if you have, if you want to avoid the competition with the vineyard, so these key moments are maybe important to to manage. But uh, when you do that, we, 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 when you avoid the, that, that that risk of uh, competition for nutrogen, you only have advantages. You you have a cover crop that is protecting your soil against uh, UVs. Um, against uh, drought because it will uh, limit uh, water evaporation uh, and it will slowly feed all the uh, uh, trophic chain until the last minerals that will feed the vine. So it, it's, it's a very interesting uh, practice, feeding the soil with plants that will feed the vine. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff and it's interesting to understand that uh, it's also working super well in your context in the vineyard 
I wanted to, to talk a bit about as well the, the trees. This is the last element that of the system that you've, your agroecological system that you've described. So now you are pushing the limits even further and you're in a way and you're in, you're, you've already started including trees inside the vineyard plot. So it's not just on the edges like you've done with the hedges, but actually inside. So, you know, what, what kind of species have you chosen to plant inside? What, how are you managing competition um, with the vine, uh, which is, you know, something that clearly, as you've described, has a certain risk. And yeah, just maybe you could explain to us a bit about that system. About the trees, uh, they are very important in, in the system because um, um, what we try to do, uh, one of the, the keys in, our, in, in, in agroforestry is uh, that um, we are uh, coming back to uh, the hurt uh, of the, the, the forestry soil, uh, that is the, f uh, the, the, the fungi. Um, in, f in forestry, in pure forestry, we have never forgotten the fungi. I was taught in, uh, in forestry school that uh, chemistry minerals in forestry are not good because they destroy the fungi and we need the fungi uh, to have uh, healthy uh, trees. Uh, so uh, uh, mycorrhizis is something quite familiar in forestry. In agriculture, uh, we have for decades completely forgotten uh, uh, mycorrhizis. Uh, we were feeding the soils for decades with, with, uh, uh, with mineral fertilizers that were uh, toxics, uh, toxic for the fungi. We were um, uh, practicing uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, plugging of the soils, working the soils too much. That was not good for, for the fungi. Uh, and we were using a lot of chemicals that were selected to kill uh, all the fungi uh, that were developing disease of our crops. Um, but uh, when coming on the soil, uh, they were also killing uh, the, uh, the fungi inside the soils. Uh, and uh, because they were uh, systemic, they were also uh, uh, killing the, uh, the mycorrhizis inside the plant. Uh, so um, we we had we have slowly built a system where all the plants we were cultivating in agriculture were orphans or almost orphans of their uh, most of their mycorrhizis, and the system we want to build again in agroforestry is to to give the uh, the, the the mycorrhizis back to the plants uh, and uh, to reintroduce the fungi. Uh, in the heart of the system. Uh, so, to make a link uh, between, to have that link between the vines and the trees, uh, we know that we need a max distance uh, between a vine and a tree of 15, 20 meters. So, that's the reason I, I plant a row of uh, in every parcel I, I'm planting or replanting, uh, I'm, I plant a row of trees every 30 meters inside the parcels. Uh, so I lose space. 
I lose uh, because I, I cancel two rows. I plant 20 rows, one and a half meter between two rows. So I, I plant uh, 20 rows, then, uh, 30 meters. Then I cancel two rows. So I lose two on 22. I lose 9% of my surface with no vine on that surface. Uh, but I, uh, I have my, um, uh, my vines back because I increase the density inside the lines. Between two rows, uh, between two vines, inside the row, I had previously uh, one meter. And today I have only 90 centimeters. So I win 11%. So I even increase the density with that. And then I adapt my pruning to have the number of buds I need. But it's possible to do that and in theory, it's quite difficult to, to, to apply, but it's possible to, to have uh, uh, the same potential of production uh, to, to preserve it. Uh, so the idea is to have a network with trees from place to place. I have my hedge, 20 rows, a line of trees, 20 rows, a line of trees, etc., and then a new hedge uh, at the end of the parcel. Um, and every vine will be at the max distance of 15 meters from another species of, uh, of of trees, and so they will make richer connections. Uh, they will have more opportunities for mycorrhizas, and the idea is to increase the biodiversity in in the soil, and we suppose that it will be positive for the uh, the life of the soil and for the agronomy. I have no proof of that. I have no analysis to, to, to tell you it's true, it's, uh, uh, it's efficient. Uh, but what I see about the impact of the edges, uh, what I see about the impact of uh, living cover crop uh, year after year on an old parcel, I'm sure that the trees will, uh, will have the same positive impact. Because you, you mentioned earlier on... Um... You know, you, you talked about the ecological result of bringing in this, these trees into your farm through biodiversity, etc. But you also mentioned the agronomic results that will take much longer to start being visible. So, of course, we're in a space here where we don't have a lot of visibility and science on this. There's not a lot of people that have done this before. So our best shot is for somebody like you that's already been doing it for 10 years now or 11. Um, you know, what are the expected agronomic results that you expect, you alluded to some at the beginning already, but it's worth repeating them and it's worth, you know, kind of reinstating this idea and delving a bit deeper. So what are the expected agronomic results um, that you are expecting to see with trees inside? Now I'm focusing on trees, less on the cover crop. This is more clarified. So, so the, the but, but both together, trees and cover crop, we need both. Uh, the, um, uh, so first, when you see a tree, you only see the visible part of the iceberg. So uh, a large part of the, the biomass of the tree is in the roots. So when you see biodiversity that is increasing in the air, in the tree, in the edge, uh, it's, you can be sure at 100% that you increase the biodiversity inside the soil. You, you can be sure about that. So what are the, the but the, the question is that we, we don't see it 
we 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 so we cannot um, measure that with our eyes. You have to make analysis, and and we are practitioners. We we are cultivators, so we are not scientists. We 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 are not spending our time to to make analysis. And uh, I could be happy to have uh, students uh, that uh, are come uh, coming to see what is happening inside the soil. But um, so, what are the the, the expecting results? Uh, first, uh, um, uh, more species that are completing the trophic chain. Uh, transforming all the organic uh, inventory of the soil in minerals, uh, a repeated cycle with uh, a long chain of species. So I, I want to, uh, I'm, so I expect that we, we will enrich that uh, cycle. Second, increasing the um, percentage, the, the organic percentage of the soil uh, and uh, uh, um, living organic material that is recycled, not uh, 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 stored uh, and, uh, and dead, uh, but uh, something living and transformed. Uh, so we want to increase the organic percentage of the soil, uh, and we expect to do something quite efficient uh, facing that. And for that, I have some measures because uh, the first parcels I've um, uh, resized with the, the, the hedges, the trees inside, and the cover crop. After four years of practi uh, practicing the cover crop, I'm, I know I'm now uh, cli climbing the slope back, and I observe that uh, from two percent. After four years, uh, I am uh, at uh, 3% on some parcels. So that's good. That's positive. Another uh, thing we are expecting is that um, we, we, we will protect the soil against too much evaporation in summer. Uh, another thing we, we expect is that the network of the, um, of the roots of the trees, uh, they will help us to make a natural drainage of the soils. Uh, and um, some, uh, uh, some, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's visible that the presence of the trees can help because they, they, they have deeper roots. Uh, and when you prune the trees, most of these roots, uh, roots will die and they will open uh, some, uh, some trails for, for air, water, uh, inside the, the, the soil. So that's, that's good. Um, and uh, the last uh, thing I, I can talk about, the expected re results, is, and it's, uh, it's an evidence, uh, all these trees we are planting, they, f they fix a lot of carbon. So, long-term impact. Fixing carbon is good for for our environment, and I believe that we 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 have uh, to to do that to plant hedges, trees, uh, to 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 build uh, and cover crop to build uh, a new agriculture fixing fixing much more carbon from the air. Uh, facing the global warming we have today, it's it's very important, and um, the trees in the parcels. Uh, will be very positive for uh, facing the, 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 the heat waves because they will act uh, like natural air conditioners. They take water quite deep in the soil and they evaporate 
uh, at uh, three, four, five meters high, they evaporate water. And that has an impact uh, on the microclimate of the parcel. And that's, uh, um, it's possible to, to decrease the, the peak, to erase the peak of the heat waves uh, by uh, two, three Celsius uh, and sometimes more. And uh, uh, you have experienced that in, uh, in other uh, cultures uh, when, when you, you make uh, when you are practicing agroforestry uh, in cereals uh, uh, I've uh, heard that you have measured uh, you, you, you have uh, experimented this, uh, uh, this impact on the microclimate of the parcel and uh, I try to do the same in my parcels yeah. no, it's, uh, that's very interesting and so what you're saying is that you're expecting and and again, I'm com- I'm taking your words from before. It's it's more of a medium long term result. You're expecting the the soil to be more fertile, your vineyard to produce more because your soil is richer, right? You're expecting there to be a microclimate effect, and as you had commented earlier on with the hedge, to be uh, kind of buffering the extremes of cold and hot. And so, and all of this, you're expecting that the competition effects through so water, soil water, nutrients, and and light will be lower than the benefits. I'm I'm sure about that because uh, the trees we can prune them and control their size, so competition for light is uh, is not a big problem. We uh, we prune the vines, we can prune the trees how we want. So it's uh, so, and uh, I'm sure uh, by hundred percent that we we can avoid the light competition. Um, the water competition, um, I'm, I'm sure with a good cover crop that we uh, limit the evaporation on, on the soil. So it's good for saving uh, water in the soil. Uh, the trees that are taking uh, water quite deep in the soil, uh, if they refresh the atmosphere, like a natural air uh, conditioner, uh, will help us. So I, I don't see where we will lose um, so uh, more with competition that, that, than we win uh, with the, the advantages. We are not planting pines. We are, we are planting uh, species that, are, uh, uh, that can... Uh, uh, grow uh, uh, close to the vine without competition with, with the vine. So they, uh, they share the same uh, mycorrhizis, uh, they, they live together because they, are, uh, they, they had the evolution to live together. So if you do that with, with pines, it will be a problem. Of course, yeah, that's naturally going to be something that's really important. But what, what it's making me think right now, what you're saying is that it's really a system as well. You can't just be planting trees in the middle of your, of your parcel without adapting also, for example, including cover crops to be reducing evaporation without the, I mean, it, it, they all kind of work together and the overall result. And it's also, it's important to not be, to not be separating and simplifying these things too much. We're trying to imitate an ecosystem, which is highly complex. And so by including all these elements, but Again, being careful with variety choices, management in terms of pruning, planting methods, when we integrate these things or not, being careful about many agronomic details, which you've gained quite a lot of experience with and expressed some here in the podcast, then you can have a system which is 
more resilient to the future stresses that we're expecting from uh, current and future from climate change and just generally the stresses of, 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 of that we experience in farming. Um, that's really, really interesting. I'm going to just shift the conversation a bit now towards the economics. I think this will, will, will finish off the, the, the interview with this topic. And this is something we had started talking about at the beginning oh, in our pre-call. And, you know, one of the things that you were saying is that act, currently these, 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 these practices that you're describing, uh, planting the hedges, managing the hedges, planting the trees, etc., that they're, they're costing you money, but they're not necessarily generating a direct income. So I, I don't want to put words in your mouth at all here, but I just wanted to set a bit the context of the conversation we started having. I mean, maybe we could talk a bit, you could express to us a bit the economics of it. Do you see this as being an economical profitable venture at the end to be including these things? Could it be more so? And how do you think your neighbors would be looking at this and wanting, taking into account that many of the people that will be engaging with agroecology in the future will be doing so because of economic reasons, not because of a necessary strong belief for it? Do you think this is relevant to people that are looking towards agroecology for and agroforestry for, for, for financial reasons? How, maybe you could elaborate more on this. It's it's a bit complex to answer that that, that question. Uh, the fact is that we are producing wine, so wine. Uh, you 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 do not need wine like you need uh, wheat or corn, or it's not the basic of uh, uh, of your life. Uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure, uh, and we are pr producing um, premium wines, so they they have a certain price. Um, and people that are buying that kind of wines, uh, they they accept and they prefer to to pay the price to have a wine that is grown in a natural environment uh, 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 to encourage a vine that is preserving his environment, uh, and a lot of clients are ready to help for that. To, to, to pay the price. So I, my, uh, I'm convinced that if I tell the story to my clients, they will follow us if it's uh, reasonable. Uh, and um, because we were uh, uh, among the, the, the pioneers of the, 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 the agroforestry, the vitiforestry in, in Bordeaux, uh, Uh, Domaine Emile Grelier were, uh, I believe, the, the first one to, to start that um, years before me, uh, and I, I, I was the first one to, to start it in, in Medoc, at the, the scale of the estate. Um, so, yes, it has a cost. The hedges, it's a cost, but it's a small cost facing the, 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 the total income of the, the estate. Uh, the Cover crop, yes, it has a cost, but I save some um, uh, fertilizers, so uh, uh, it is uh, uh, a partial compensation of, uh, of the cost. Um, the trees, yes, they have a cost, but it's, it's minor uh, facing the, the, the total uh, production cost I have. Um, and uh, the benefits I have today in terms of image is uh, higher than my cost, uh, but 
if everybody is doing that, uh, it will be a standard, and uh, for the image, it will maybe not be the same balance. So I'm quite careful uh, when when talking about that. You you can you cannot talk about the economic model when you take an advantage for your image, uh, and you uh, and you you cannot tell to to your colleagues uh, for sure you will have the same advantage. I I don't know their own story how they are able to sell it to the to their clients. Uh, so you you understand that I'm quite careful about that. But I believe that when if we have a look uh, at a very long term. The term of uh, the, 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 the life duration of a tree. Um, so when we plant a vine, we plant it for half a century, 40 years, 50 years, something like that, if we work well. Uh, and if I plant my hedge, following the parcel, and... 50 trees per hectare in my model. Uh, when I will replant the parcel uh, and uh, we start from scratch with a new parcel, I can keep uh, a certain percentage of my trees and replant the parcel. And maybe I can cut uh, uh, the, 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 the largest uh, trees uh, one half of the trees, one half of the line, so I cannot imagine because they are, I've planted my first trees in 2016, so they are quite small. Uh, but the idea is if we cut one half of the trees when we plant the parcel 50 years later, and the second half 50 years later, after one century, these trees will be large enough uh, if they are pruned at uh, three, uh, three and a half meters high, uh, you will have a trunk. And uh, if you work well with no branches, uh, so no nuts, uh, no, no, no nuts inside, uh, quite pure, and with uh, rare species uh, that are not... Uh, abundant on, on the wood market, uh, like uh, um, uh, the elm is quite rare, uh, the, the wild cherry, uh, uh, wild, wild cherry, uh, the market is quite low today, but uh, some, some trees like the, uh, also I don't remember the names in, in English, so uh, no interest, but, but some of the, these uh, trees, the wood has a good value. And if you have thousands of hectares of vineyards with the tree inside, the trees inside, we will make, build a new market, build a new offer. Alone, I will not be attractive to sell that wood because the wood merchants, they will not, not come to my estates, uh, to my estate to, to buy uh, 20 or uh, 15 trees. But if we are dozens of uh, viticulturists doing the same, they will uh, have a market facing them with larger volumes. And I'm sure that it's possible to dream about and to, to, to build a new market 
with uh, rare trees produced inside the vineyard that will give a value to the producer when uh, a new income when he's replanting the parcel. And that time, we need a lot of money to replant a parcel. Planting a parcel uh, has a cost of uh, uh, at least uh, 30,000 uh, euros per hectare, 40,000 euros per hectare. So uh, if you have a new income with the trees you are cutting, it can pay a part of the, uh, the, the replantation you are, you are currently doing. So it's only a dream, but I'm sure it's also a possible market. And, and we need that for, for future. We, we need diversification. Uh, so I know another model, Domaine Emile Grelier, they plant more fruit trees and they have a production, uh, jams, things like that, like that. They sell the fruits. Uh, so it's another side production. It's their model. I don't want that one in my estate because I, I, I'm focused uh, on my uh, premium wines uh, and we have a lot of things to do uh, for the harvest, for, for the, 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 green, uh, uh, the green thinnings and things like that. And, and if we are disturbed by uh, uh, the, the, the fruit season uh, in the trees uh, uh, the same moment, it's not good. So when I have fruit trees, I lose the trees, they feed the soil. It's good for that, for biodiversity. And I, I eat some for my... Uh, personal use uh, to make my a few uh, a few boxes of jam. That's it. But um, uh, so I'm I'm more on on the wood side uh, for if we are talking uh, about economy because I'm a forester also. So I I'd like to build a, a new market, but alone I will never do that. But if we are uh, uh, if we are uh, Hundreds of uh, viticulturists doing the same. We will build a, ma a market together. That's very that's very interesting. And also in terms of the uh, maybe I'm repeating some of the things you've said, but in terms of the management of the trees, you, what you're saying is that it's qu it's quite marginal the cost of pruning the trees, even the trees that are inside the. It's quite marginal as compared to the other costs that you you have. It's something that the team that you currently have, you don't necessarily need to hire an extra person for it. No, no, no. I, uh, we, we have, in, in winter, we have some lost days. And uh, we can do things like that, that period. When it's uh, too, too cold, uh, too, too, too hard to prune the vine, why not? It's, uh, it's possible to, uh, to prune the trees. And then uh, when, uh, when, it's, uh, when, when we have to, to stop the pruning because we are too fast and uh, we have to slow it because we want to keep some hectares to, for late pruning uh, uh, facing the, the risk of, uh, of frost, we can, uh, we can manage some holes inside the, the winter period to, to, to work the trees. Nice. Do you imagine your your neighbors that are not necessarily working or colleagues that aren't necessarily working with specialty wines that have got, you know, maybe they're working on on finer margins or that are working more on, on scale? 
do you do you imagine that they could be interested in the type of practices that you have been implemented on in Chateau Antonique? Some of them they can. I, I'm I'm sure that it will not be the standard uh, quite quite fast, but uh, some some can. Uh, the the edges are spreading now. Uh, a lot of producers are planting hedges when when they will plant parcel because it's it's coming back in our culture. Um, for the the trees inside the parcels, uh, it will be longer because people are hesitating. Uh, we were teach uh, uh, in agronomy schools that uh, trees inside the parcels were the enemies because they were hosting. Uh, some uh, some fungi that were quite uh, uh, that were killing the, the vineyards uh, and um, so now we we are more experimented. We know that uh, the problem was that uh, before uh, so a century before uh, the, the pourridier. I don't know the the name of the the, the fungi. So is uh, developing that, that disease uh, um, was the, the cause of the, 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 that disease was not the tree it was uh, the presence of a tree that was ill if your trees are healthy they, 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 they live together uh, with the vineyard and they don't have the, 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 that disease uh, if they are not healthy, if they're ill, they will uh, be weak, and then these uh, parasite fungi will develop a lot, and that will be a problem. So, you, if your ecosystem is balanced, if you have a lot of biodiversity, uh, of fung fungi bi biodiversity in your soil, uh, you will have a competition between fungi and uh, they will compete the parasite fungi. They will occupy the, the, the ecosystem and they will limit their presence. So the problem is not the trees, it's the ecosystem. Is it balanced or not? And uh, are the trees in good health or not? Yes, very interesting. Very, very interesting. This is uh, fascinating stuff. And I guess I, I'll, I'll finish off with one, one last question as, as a speciality wine producer i'll say something and maybe you can confirm what you're seeing and what you're expecting with the trees notably the trees inside the parcel that have going to have quite a strong influence on the area through the mycorrhizal network but also through the light and the water and the nutrient flows and the organic matter you're expecting this to have a positive effect on the quality of your wine to have zero effect or you know what's the effect that you're expecting it to have on the wine himself? Yes, and of course connected to the quality of the of the of the grape. Mm. Uh, so on, on the on the vine and on the wine, I can talk about both of them. Uh, today I'm happier uh, in the vineyard I see around my uh, my home and inside the estate because uh, the the that that life, that biodiversity that is back is uh, a result that is very visible uh, and uh, that that takes nothing to me in terms of volume. Or, so I, my average production is the same uh, than my closest neighbor and uh, they are not organic, 
they are not in agroforestry, and we produce almost the same volumes. Sometimes I produce more, sometimes less. Uh, um, the, the most important risk is the spring frost with the cover crop, because if you, you are not... Um, if you are not good enough managing your cover crop, you can lose a lot with the, the spring frost. Uh, when it's high enough to cover the vineyard, it's a protection. When it's too short, uh, at the limit of the buds, you have to destroy it a few weeks before the, 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 the frost season. Uh, it's too risky. Um, but except that point uh, and the question of the new plantations, uh, it's, uh, uh, it has no impact on your volume uh, and I, I think that the positive uh, effects we, we are expecting uh, will, uh, will be more important than, than the negative impact. Um, talking about the wine himself, um, a lot of clients are telling us that the style of the wine changed a lot in Antonique. Uh, that the wines are fresher. Uh, even with the global warming uh, we are facing like everybody, uh, vintages are warmer, uh, the, the droughts are longer, um, so the alcohol levels are higher than before and the acidities in the wines are lower than before. Uh, and today we are able to produce wines that are lower in alcohol than uh, our neighbors and higher in acidity. It's a small percentage, but the balance uh, with combination of the impact of lower alcohol and higher acidity is very important. And the freshness of the wine is much better. And the style change a lot. And uh, so the wines are more delicate. Uh, they are expressing more fruit. Uh, and they are more resilient uh, facing the global warming. And I, I think that uh, it's quite surprising because I was not expecting an impact like that so, so fast. But the clients are talking about that. They feel it. Uh, not, uh, not, and they are not dreamers. They are professional buyers that are uh, talking business with me every year. And when, so I am in the competition uh, when I sell them the wine. So uh, uh, I cannot tell them, uh, I cannot uh, uh, give them uh, stories. <laughs> uh, they, they, they need something quite, quite solid. And uh, when they make that comment, it's, uh, it's solid, yes. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Um, Jean-Baptiste, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your amazing experience at Chateau Antonique. And I'm going to put all the links below of where people can find out about your website if they want to look into your wine, if they want to um, hopefully buy some agroforestry wine bottles, which I don't think there's, there's many going around at the moment. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk and sharing so openly and freely. So thank you so much for, for the time you, you gave to me. Uh, and uh, so, as you as you know, I'm passionate about uh, uh, this uh, this agroforestry project, and uh, I hope that we will meet again. <laughs>